Anyone who knows me knows this is not where I'm comfortable. More comfortable back at the back. I'll greet you as you come in. Not going to stand up front. But as I was preparing last night, I was listening to a song by Hillsong, and just the chorus really spoke to me. The song is called New Wine, and it just, this was my prayer basically last night and this morning for me speaking to you guys today. It says, make me your vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. So that's what, that's what I'm praying that today is just that God would use me to speak whatever it is you as the church need to hear today. We're moving forward through this series, this epic series of the Old Testament. We're going into talking about Isaac. So we're talking about Isaac and God's perfect timing. God's timing is perfect. So if you look at Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So I want you to consider God's timing in our lives. God's timing in everything that God has brought us through and everything that God will bring us into in the future. So basically, the three main points that we're going to talk about today is God is on time in His promises, in His protection, and in His provision. So we're going to look at three different stories in Isaac's life, and then we're also going to look at how Jesus still demonstrates how He is on time in His promises, in His protection, and his, in His provision. So point number one, God is on time in His promises, or in His promise. So we're going to read in Genesis 21, verse 1 and 2. The Lord kept His word and did for Sarah exactly what He had promised. She became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. It didn't happen when Abraham necessarily thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen when Sarah thought it was going to happen. They both kind of looked and like, we're old. Like, how are we going to have a son at this time of our life? They thought it had already, that time had already passed for them. But it happened at just the time God had said it would. In God's perfect timing, Isaac, the son of promise, was born to Abraham. So I want you to consider God's timing in our own life. God's timing, not our own. If you look at Genesis 21, 7, just a few verses down, it says, And she said, or Sarah, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So even when things might look bleak or impossible, remember the promise that God has given to you. Because what man thinks is impossible, God says it's possible. It can still happen. That promise is still going to come to pass. So God is unchanging. So now let's move over into the New Testament. We go to Mark 8 verse 31. This is where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He predicts, he goes ahead and tells them, look, I'm going to die but in three days, I'm going to be raised back to life. So you would think on that third day, the disciples are joyful and they're excited. They're like, Jesus is coming. Today's the day that he's coming back. But then if we go over into John 20, verse 19 through 21, where it says, That Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. So this is the third day that Jesus said, I'm coming back. He's promised them that he's coming back. 
but they're afraid. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. So Jesus, just like in Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, he was on time in his promises. Jesus was still on time in his promises to the disciples. Thousands of years later, he was still on time. That third day, he was raised to life. If we go over into 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, Paul writes, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So God's promises are still yes and amen. So if we go over, move over into the next point, God is on time in His protection. Let's go back to Genesis 26, verse 9 through 13. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. In this next point, consider God will never leave us. He's not going to leave us to fend for ourselves. Isaac, in this story, he feared what might be done to him because of his wife, Rebecca, which we'll get into that story a little bit later. He didn't completely trust that God was going to protect him. So he's going to decided to take matters into his own hands and try to protect himself by his own means. So he's like, let's just say you're my sister because then they won't kill me for you. But then if you look further into the story, go down into verse 11, 12, 13, God used King Abimelech to reveal his protection over his people. Because it says, Abimelech gave orders to all the people. Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And then not only did he reveal his protection over his people, but he used King Abimelech to bless Isaac. Because after that, he says, Isaac planted crops in that land, in the same land that King Abimelech's in, and the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. So even though Isaac didn't necessarily trust God completely to protect him, God showed him through this Philistine king, maybe not necessarily a Christian, but could see God's promises on his life. He used King Abimelech to then show other people God's protection on his life and God's protection of his promises. In Psalm 23, verse 4, where it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. No matter what we're walking through, no matter what we're facing, Isaac was going into a land that he didn't know if he was going to get killed because of his wife or whatever. No matter what we're going through, God will never leave us. He will not forsake us. He will be by our side. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So then where's the Jesus sighting in God's timing and his protection? Let's go to Luke 8, 22 through 25. God is still unchanging. He's still the same in Isaac's life as he is in the New Testament, where it says, we start in verse 22 of Luke 8, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down 
to on the lake so that the lake was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples in fear and amazement. They asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. So if you look in verse 24, the disciples, again, they're, they've got Jesus right there with them, but they're starting to freak out. They're starting to get nervous and like, we're going to die. Like, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. So if he can command even the winds and the water, what do we have to be afraid of? Because God is on time in his protection. If we go into, if we look at Hebrews 13, 5, just like I said before, keep your eyes free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So going into a story kind of in related to God's own time and his protection, and then also a little bit talking about his provision, which we'll talk about later. So everyone knows back in March of 2020, everyone knows kind of what happened. COVID happened. Schools shut down. Mars Hill University, where I work, shut down. All of athletics was kind of done. Every day I would go through, walk the campus, pray, just pray over victory. Basically, I would listen to that song over and over as I was walking through the campus sea of victory and just seeing victory over this virus, over everything that would try and stop Mars Hill University from doing what was supposed to be done, what God's plan was for that university. So long story short, yes, we've had troubles. Yes, we've seen positive cases. We've seen things come up. That's, but every time we get, we hear a report from other schools, similar in size, similar in location, we're always doing better than what those schools are doing. Whenever they talk about how many they may have in isolation or quarantine, how many they may have doing this or that, or how stressed out people are that are working there, we look and we're like, God's protection has been on this university from the very beginning. We have definitely weathered this storm better, and I don't think it's just by happenstance that it's been better with us than it has. And I'm not saying there's not Christians at other universities <laughs> praying over their university either, but I don't think it's by happenstance that we have come out on top of this and not had to go back into shutting down the school or furloughing people. We had the fewest furloughs of any school in this area. We had the fewest of any of that. So just looking at God's protection and God's provision, like it's still, it's still happening today. Like it's not just back in Isaac's time. It's not just in the New Testament when Jesus was living, but it's still happening today. So if we go into the third point, which I've already kind of talked about a little bit, God is on time in his provision. If we go back a couple chapters to Genesis 24, verses 12 through 20, then he prayed, and this is Abraham's servant, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. So he's praying Abraham has now sent his servant off to find a wife for Isaac. So he's praying to God to make him successful in 
this journey that he's going on. And then we go into verse 13. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar, that I may have a drink. And she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with a jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they had they had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. So Abraham's servant was tasked with going and finding a wife for Isaac. He prayed for success and it even says back in the middle of that story, before he was finished praying, the provision that God already had in Rebecca for Isaac came out to the well. Before he had even finished praying, God granted him provision when he saw Rebecca at the well. If we go back to Psalm 23, verse 1 through 2, so a few verses earlier than what we read in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. So consider God is our good shepherd. He will provide all that we need. Not necessarily all that we want, but it says we will lack nothing in verse 1. It doesn't say that we're going to have everything that we want, but we will not lack anything. He will lead us into places of rest and peace because it says we'll lie down in green pastures beside quiet waters, not turbulent waters. He'll lead us into places of rest and peace. And then if we jump over to John 6, 5 through 13, we look for how is Jesus now going to be on time in his provision. So if you go to John 6, 5 through 13, everyone knows the story well. There's a bunch of people. The disciples are like, it's getting late. How are we going to feed all these people? What do we have? All we have is five loaves, two fish. We can't feed 5,000 men plus women and children with this. But Jesus said, give it to me. He blessed it. He, he prayed to God over it. He broke it, and then everyone knows the story. There was multiple basketfuls left over after everyone had ate, had eaten enough and gotten their fill. There was an overabundance of what was left. So God doesn't just provide enough, but He provides more than enough, more than what we need. And then if we go into, if we move over to Matthew 7, 7 through 11, where it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? God is a 
good father, and he knows how to give good gifts to his children. And then as we close out this section, his promises, going back to point number one, his promises are for our best, are our best future. If we follow after his promises and seek after his promises, that's our best future that we could ever have. His protection will never fail because there's victory in the name of Jesus. Knock and the door will be opened. All we have to do is knock and Jesus will open the door to us and let us in. And then his provision is always good. All we have to do is ask and it will be given to us everything that we have need of. And then to close out the last verse that I wanted to talk to you about, Hebrews 13, 8. Just as every time I went through and looked at the Jesus sighting, it said God is unchanging because He's on time in His provision, in His protection, and His promises. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And then just consider this, God is on time. As we close out, consider this, God is on time in His promises, in His protection, and in His provision.